to People Like Us, a podcast for and about third culture kids everywhere. I'm Jen Mohindra. I'm also a TCK and I have a Facebook group for TCK adults called, unsurprisingly, People Like Us. Hello, and in today's episode of People Like Us, I am delighted to be joined by Marianne Kamayani. Hi, Marianne, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, as always, would you like to tell me about where you grew up? <laughs> Well, as always with PCKs, that question of where are you from, um, I developed um, a short, long answer for people. And, and then depending on their response, I could go from there. But I would just say that to them that I was a Norwegian, Filipina, Canadian who grew up in Ethiopia and Nigeria and had Italian children. That about covers it. <laughs> So give, give me the chronological, where did you start? Where did you move to? So um, my birth parents were from Norway and the Philippines respectively. And they ended up, um, well, they met on a cruise ship in the ocean and they illegally entered the United States. <laughs> and then um, were both deported. And uh, my mother ended up in Canada with relatives and um, I never did meet my birth father. He was sent back to the Philippines. And, um, and so then I was um, in foster homes when I was a baby. I was given up for adoption and then adopted at the age of um, nine and a half months by Norwegian British Jewish parents. <laughs> okay. And then who were already working in Ethiopia. And so when I was one year old, went to Ethiopia and, and grew up there, really in the middle of nowhere, very remote part of Ethiopia. And then came back to Canada for one year. Um, so my first experience of snow. And then at the age of six, I uh, went back to Ethiopia with my parents and went to boarding school by myself. <laughs> Oh. at age six in Addis Ababa and so I was there um, but then the revolution happened where Haile Selassie was deposed the communist revolution so we very very suddenly left um, with one suitcase to our name and <laughs> everything was repossessed and we went back to Canada for a year so that would I would have been around 10 years old and um that was not a very fun year <laughs> as you as you know you're you're I was actually in junior high already at that time so um after a year my parents decided to go to Nigeria and so we were there for um about four years and then they decided um in my senior year of high school to come back to um to Canada so I went from a large international school in Nigeria to um, small town Alberta, very white, mm -hmm. <laughs> cold for my senior year of high school. So um, 
after that, um, I moved around quite a lot in Canada and I ended up uh, marrying an Italian. And uh, only um, when, uh, you know, we talked about this doing this interview, I actually added up all the times that I've moved mm -hmm. um, till now, which is around 30. Wow. Um, that was <laughs> so <laughs> I think I've continued the, the, <laughs> the rolling stone bit. Sure. That's a lot of moves. And that, that sounds to me like such a young age to have gone to boarding school. So having gone to boarding school in Ethiopia when you were six, when you went mm -hmm. back to Canada, was that a day school or did you continue on with, with boarding school? Oh, no, that was a day school and mm -hmm. lived with my parents. So that was a very different experience. Yeah. That must have been uh, quite a change for you then to have moved from <laughs> Africa from boarding school back to Canada uh, and back to day school. It was, it was a huge change. I, I've, I've, um, you know, listened to other TCK, TCKs talk about um, feeling like a fish out of water or you never really belong anywhere. Mm. And um, when I was older, um, I heard somebody talk about, well, you don't really belong anywhere, but you belong everywhere. You know, you're a world, you're a world citizen. So I, I, I like to see it that way. But definitely, um, there's always been that feeling like, um, you know, you never completely belong. So you really, I think it really forces you to know yourself mm -hmm. and belong to yourself, if that makes sense. And to realize that home is, is not a, really a place, it's, it's your people, it's your soul tribe. And even if you always look different than everyone else, I mean, I think um, I call it, uh, I call it the triple threat, because for me in my life, I look um, fairly Asian. Mm -hmm. So when I'm my Norwegian cousins who are blonde and people don't even believe that we're related, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I hear someone speaking Norwegian and I go up and talk to them and, they, and they're quite shocked, you know, and I say, why do I not look Norwegian to you? <laughs> and, um, and so I've, you know, I look very um, mixed race Asian but um, but when I go to the Philippines, they all try to speak Tagalog to me. I don't understand. You know, I don't fit there. Mm -hmm. When I'm with my Ethiopian friends um, or Ethiopian people, I speak perfectly in Amharic, but I, I completely look like a foreigner. Yeah. You know, it's obvious. So and in Canada, um, I've even gotten like, are you native or, you know, um, in Canadians say, where are you from? Um, well, I'm from Saskatchewan. Yeah, but really, where are you? But where <laughs> but are you is really the, from? You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. But again, this is a common thing that we do in Canada anyways. You know, we're supposed to be all about um, diversity and other cultures. And I, I just find that um, unless we truly uh, have an understanding for one another, I find that in Canada, for example, um, especially now, we're having to address all um, the history of what we have done with Indigenous people, with, with people of color, with Black people um, still encountering racism here. 
-hmm. you know and so i think part of our gift as tck's is to to provide more understanding and uh contribute to tolerance and respect and all of those things which can move us forward Absolutely. I mean, what you describe is, you know, our ability to um, to have um, lived in so many different cultures, and then that gives us a different perspective. And as you say, there's that piece on tolerance and, and diversity there. So it feels like, you know, listening to you talk about in the Philippines, people assume you this, and then Canada, they assume you're that, in Norway, they assume you're something else. That feels exhausting having to explain all the time. Well, I, I don't, um, I just see it as everybody's, you know, everybody's different somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And um, just because you you outwardly look a certain way we have no idea what's inside of somebody else so um it's an adventure it's you know finding out you know who other people really are mm. and you know further to my comment about canada supposedly we're inviting all these other cultures and we're understanding one another but really we need to do a lot more work on um you know sometimes people too from other cultures come here to canada um and they don't try to understand people here you know it's a two-way street yeah. so um for us to really um you know lean in and, and try to do i guess to, to move beyond ourselves what is it that moves me beyond myself mm -hmm. and for me that's very much you know the rich um cultures that i encounter and for example when i travel overseas do i try to just take me with um my culture there and try to look for something that's very familiar or do I really try to understand the other culture and explore and you know sort of open my gaze to see other things you know I find a lot of people here a lot of people if we're used to just one way then yeah. we go and travel and we just see what we are we don't see what's there you know don't really see each other yeah yeah and it's a, um, a very different experience to travel and be somewhere as a tourist or on holidays, as opposed to actually living somewhere and sort of, you know, mixing and, and being there with, with local people. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about finding a sense of belonging within yourself rather than trying to fit into places. What would you say has helped you to do that? Oh, um, you know, there's a, a lot of things, but I think just, you know, if you're always developing yourself and, and not just a self-focus, but what am I meant to do in this world? Again, that what moves me beyond myself and, and you know, we're put here on the planet to, to also serve, to, to share our gifts. And so, um, I think I, I heard another interview where, um, you know, somebody mentioned um, growing up overseas that if you have something that you're developing within yourself, so you're developing your art or your music for myself, I'm a musician. Mm -hmm. So there were times and, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of moments in my life where I felt completely alone, 
like a fish out of water. <laughs> mm, mm. Don't look like anybody, you know, it was always different from somebody else. And when I had nothing else, I had my music, mm-hmm. you know, my art too, um, at least to, and I'm an only child as well. So I didn't have siblings at school. I didn't have other people. Um, and so if you have something like that, and I also did a lot of sports, you know, I think if you keep your kids engaged and on somehow, right, find them something that they can express themselves, then that will be a comfort to them. That'll be something they can, can use to, to um, develop themselves. Yeah, I think it's important. To develop themselves. And I, I might add also that if you have something like, um, arts that you might be sharing with other people or particularly sports then that is something that you can very easily share with others so you get that connection something to to bond over Mm -hmm. I'll give you a little illustration um when I came back to Canada and I was in my senior year and first of all as a parent I resolved to never do that to my children to move them when they're in high school at least you know they did unfortunately because of divorce and various factors have to move around with me Mm -hmm. several times but during high school no I didn't want to move them because it's a very formative time and it's a very already a very difficult time so here I was coming back to Canada in grade 12 and uh, unwillingly um, I mean this is another story but I was in Nigeria at the time I literally missed my connection to go and meet my parents at the international airport i purposely missed it and i went mia and hid at my lebanese friend's house and they had to come looking for me <laughs> and i got in a lot of trouble over that but i did not want to leave africa i mean that's what i knew yeah. and so i literally staged my you no know, i was going to stay like you know screw it and <laughs> that, that sounds very bright Anyways, I had to get on the plane <laughs> and then I was, you know, I was just not happy to be back in Canada, I was not ready for that. Here I am in my senior year and one of, you know, my very well-meaning friends in Canada came to me and said, well, you're just, you know, you're not doing these certain things to fit in. So, so how about if you do this and, and you know, because I felt very much like I didn't know anybody nobody really wanted to know me I was this weird kid from (laughs) Africa who played the piano you know and so I remember her coming to me and saying well if you just got yourself a boyfriend and you did these certain things and you would fit in and I just thought no I'd rather be myself thanks and I'll play my music in the hell with (laughs) everyone you know with everyone else and what I found out about small towns is it takes uh, just a really much longer time. And I don't, I don't really admire this, but I just came to understand it. If you're an international school, if you're overseas where you're all on a sort of equal level and you're all expats, then you get to know everyone in a couple of weeks. And there's yeah. always new people coming in and out and people leaving and, and you know, wonderful things happening in small towns. Everybody um knows each other for a lifetime i mean they're nice people but it takes you about a year to become accepted Mm. and um definitely i i guess people like myself you know came come in to challenge that kind of thing because um i don't admire that i think that we're all you know 
need to make more connections and make soul connections. And, you know, I have this saying that everybody has to eat. So if you, you know, see somebody they're struggling or they're new, you know, invite them to dinner, like everyone has to eat, right? So, <laughs> and, and we all do this thing, at least here in Canada, say, oh, I would love to get together with you. You know, I'll have you over for dinner. We're going to go out. One of my African friends here said to me, people say this and they're not sincere. They, they're actually, they're just saying it. Like when she says, she says, I want you to come for dinner. You're coming for dinner. You know, she's sincerely going to do it. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I would definitely say that's something we need to work on in North America. Like, oh, let's get together sometime. You know, you have to do these things and connect with people. It's, you know, and then there's all these people here that are telling me they're so lonely and they're alone and they have no friends and no connect. You, you have to go and make those. And, and if you say you're going to have coffee with somebody, then, then do it, you know? <laughs> yes, and, and that's something that we're so familiar with because when we've moved so many times and you get thrown into a new school and a new environment, you have to go out and make friends. Otherwise, you're mm -hmm. going to be on your own. And, and yeah. that, that would be hard. So you finish your schooling in Canada. Yeah. And clearly you kept moving because you mentioned 30 moves. <laughs> <laughs> what happened after school? Well, what happened is um, I graduated when I was quite young. I was only 16. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go off to university for music, but um, my parents were, um, you know, just wonderful, loving parents, um, but very much part of the church. And they decided if I went off to university at the tender age of 16, um, I mean, it was okay to go off to boarding school at age six, right? <laughs> but it was not okay to go off to university at the age of 16. So they insisted right. that I go to seminary. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, and, and work in the church, essentially, um, probably become, um, you know, like a good little pastor's wife or something. And um, <laughs> that was not my idea for, for my life. Anyways, um, I did go, you know, to college to seminary. And then I ended up having a real crisis of faith, um, just because of things that I saw, and, and, and I was, you know, wanting to explore the world and explore other kinds of thinking and other religions and other uh, spiritual paths and so I had a real crisis about that and and I basically just left and started going out working on my own and traveling um, met my um, my then husband who was from Italy so I had two I have two Italian you know half Italian children Mm -hmm. started traveling a lot with him and um I'm doing an import business import export into Canada so so yeah there just ended up being a lot of moves all, also because of the divorce and um and also personally going through um experiencing a, a home fire two two times um and having to move because of that so yeah I think just I've you know I don't know if people say they get the itch to move. So I guess I'm just, I mean, I like the adventure. Mm -hmm. um, I would have preferred to move less times, but sometimes life, you know, life, things happen. So 
yeah. and you have to you have to be able to adapt yeah. so with so many moves and and so many different places that you have lived and you described already sort of taking that sense of belonging with you because that's something that you have within yourself what mm -hmm. makes a place feel like home for you mm. um I think like like many people, I mean, I do have a few little things, for example, from my parents or from um, Ethiopia, from Nigeria, there's small things that I do cart around mm -hmm. everywhere. And um, that just reminds me, it's it's a very nostalgic thing, it reminds me of, of where I've been. Um, but I think what makes it feel like home is if you really, you know, I really try to immerse myself um, as soon as I get there. Like I'm, I'm going around and talking to the locals and um, the best I can if I don't know the language, but I mean, really learning the language, you know, talking to people that live there and finding out, you know, where, where do you get the best, you know, fresh fish, where's the market, you know, for, um, and just, and getting to know people um, personally, you know, and um, in any place takes time, but but for it to really feel like home, I think you have to um, put down roots as best you can. Um, I think for many years, I um, interestingly did find out within myself that I was holding back in some ways. Um, when I would get to a new place, um, I would feel like, you know, as you do when you're growing up, oh, I'm just gonna have to move again. Oh. Um, you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop or you're kind of not really completely participating because you think, well, you know, I'm not, it doesn't really feel like home. I mean, it's not really, you know, but then you, you end up realizing that, you know, maybe because of how you've grown up, um, you do have to, again, look for those soul connections or for your soul tribe, as they say, because people, that I'm closest to now, they're all over the world, you know, and this is a wonderful thing, but I also really missed them. But I mean, you can find connection anywhere you go, but um, I had to challenge myself to more fully participate where I was instead of that feeling of waiting for, well, not really gonna settle in, I'm not gonna unpack everything because, you know, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna last. <laughs> I did, you know, really have that feeling a lot of times, so. And maybe that's why I moved so much. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, what, how did you notice that that was your pattern of behavior and decide to change that and become more immersive in the places that you went to? I think it was part of the process of, you know, what we go through, for example, as mothers, as women, I think, um, you know, a lot has been talked about already about what we go through as as mothers and um, raising our children, but but making sure to not only be a mother, not only be um, you know the lives of your children are separate from you, and and not to just wrap up all of your identity in work or in in motherhood or whatever. And so I, I think you have to. Um, you know, have your own sense of, yeah, this is, this is what I need to do is, is develop myself and, 
yeah and that you know can be a sense of yeah belonging I guess well it sounds like a strong um piece around identity there and not just being the mother or this role or that role but sort of embracing all the parts of you which is something that um I remember a conversation with Ruth Van Rieken where she mm -hmm. talked about the realization of, you know, when you have different parts of you in terms of the different places that you've lived and that you can embrace all of them. You don't have to separate them mm -hmm. out. You know, in your case, mm -hmm. say, oh, well, I'm, I'm Norwegian or I'm Filipino or I, there's a part of me in Ethiopia. You, you can bring them all together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Well, and I think further to your question, I mean, I think, you know, I ended up pushing myself and, and developing myself more um, at those moments when I felt so alone and so, um, you know, just you, you can feel desperately lonely and, and but your, your soul is, is allowing you to feel that why because you, you can change it, not because you're supposed to sit there, you know, for for two years and think I'm so lonely and I have nobody and you know then you need to get out and then you will be there for somebody else you know I guarantee you whatever you're feeling we all think it's so singular but whatever you're feeling somebody else is feeling it too and there's lots of people I mean yeah that are just sitting around by themselves feeling lonely and and you know you have to you're the one that has to change that. It's not going to magically change for you. Yeah. And that mirrors, I think, quite a lot of, um, as TCKs have felt before we knew that being a third culture kid, that the, that the phrase existed, that it was a thing, uh, that a lot of us have felt alone, feeling like, oh, am I the only weirdo that struggles with the question, where are you from? and that doesn't really feel like they fit into different places. How was it for you? How, how did you discover the term TCK? Oh, um, I think um, I, I started to hear it a little bit online. And then, of course, I came across you online as well. And um, I think it was on YouTube as well um, with um, being um, also a missionary kid, you know, which comes with, with its own set of little um, complexities. But um, I, yeah, I, I realized, oh, um, you know, there's, there's uh, a name for, <laughs> for the way we are. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's great that there, um, there's more being done and, and talked about now because and especially the grief part mm. um and as ruth said you you often don't you know you're busy doing your life you're busy raising your kids you you um 100 you're grateful you appreciate all the the great parts about it but if you don't deal with what you were not able to grieve or what you left behind then you know it's going to come up later and hit you on the head on the head mm. Mm. So, yeah. yeah for sure so I'm aware we have just a few minutes left what what's next for Marianne are you thinking that you will continue moving or 
are you at a place now where you think okay I'm gonna stay put I'm done with all the packing boxes or, or something <laughs> else well I'm, I'm glad you asked I think with COVID COVID has really and, and by the way I would encourage TCKs to to just feel um feel the positives of of how we grew up and everything because I find with COVID um I do think I mean, it's turned everything on its head and maybe that's a good thing. You know, people, it's caused a lot of upheaval. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people have been forced to look at um, their own mental health and forced to look at um, what do I really want to do with my life? And um, and for me, um, as a musician, um, losing that income and losing other work and just thinking you know what am I going to do with myself and so I I went off to Mexico and I just felt that it was the right thing to do I mean I've been there many times I went to a completely new part of Mexico and you know as as you I'm sure have encountered a lot of my friends here said well do you know anybody there no I don't know a soul I don't know anyone don't know what I'm going to do but I'll figure it out when I get there, right? Yeah, sure. And um, and I don't know. I just I just knew that I was supposed to go there, and um, I had um, a wonderful time. I met very wonderful people, and um, you know that's where um, now I'm in the process of moving there, uh, hopefully permanently. You know, and um, um, yeah, it's it's going. It's a wonderful adventure. So. And of course, of course, I'm scared. It's very scary, you know, but um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's a wonderful new chapter. So. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, Marianne, thank you so much for being my guest today. And I wish you all the luck and best wishes for your move to Mexico. Thank you. <laughs> It's been a pleasure talking to you and um, so appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure as well. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for listening to People Like Us. If you'd like to join an online community full of people like us, hop over to Facebook and search for People Like Us. You'll find my group and you're very welcome to join us. <laughs>